0: Previously on Hexback. All I know is I'm going camping in about six hours and I'm pretty oh, sure good. I'm going to die. Okay? Yes. This is going to happen.
1: Hey, Jamie. Hey, Alyssa. Where, where's Al?
2: Actually, that is what um, well, I we need really to we really need to get to
1: started on the podcast, so can like, you get him in here? Like, I've actually I've
2: written a letter.
1: Why have you written a letter?
2: The letter explains everything. Can I read it?
1: I'm not really sure I have time. Like As many of you
2: may know, my dear beloved Alexander and I went camping last week. Al loved the great outdoors, as I'm sure he told you all i don't know i'm still 18 weeks behind but rest assured al does love nature he does not love all things in nature for he hates bears wolverines jaguars and cilantro or as the british like to call it coriander which is wrong but nature he loved (laughs) look how long is this going to go on for anyways this love of his would prove to be the cruelest of ironies last sunday while camping in southern british columbia Al was having a midnight snack in our tent, which is a huge rookie mistake. Feasting on a delicious picnic basket, he prepared for such an opportunity.
1: Can you please get to the point?
2: If only Al had known, as all Canadian children do know since birth, that picnic baskets must not be consumed in the woods after 10pm. Jamie, I'm very sad to say that our tent was attacked simultaneously by a bear wolverine jaguar and cilantro, and he succumbed to his wounds not too long after. I was dead, yeah, that's right, um, please do take your time to grieve he he died
1: from coriander
2: it's cilantro. it was a <laughs> salsa it is in his salsa in his picnic basket. Are you joking? I wish I was
1: okay, right uh wow um jesus christ okay i i I think I need to stop recording I mean no, no, no,
2: no, to- no, don't don't what? I have given the matter some serious thought, and I've decided that it would be best for everyone if I replaced Al as co-host of Hank's Bank. And I am ready to talk about Larry Crown, though I do have some demands. How could you talk about Larry, like... Demand number let's... one. It is really a travesty that You've Got Mail was not put in Al's Hank's Bank. So as such, I'll be removing Toy Story 3 from the bank and putting Nor Ephron's seminal classic in, in its place.
1: The man is dead, Alyssa! Can't you at least wait until the body is cold?
2: Now, demand number two, we don't have many episodes left until Tom Hanks is old news. I demand the new show shall be Alyssa Avenue, in which we review the collected works of Alyssa Milano. Queen. Hey,
0: Liz, what are you doing?
2: Al?
1: Can, can, can he hear me? Al? Shh. Yeah, yeah, Al.
2: What, what, what are you doing? Nothing. Why are you on my laptop? She's trying to replace you! He can't hear you. Who who can't
0: hear? Who? She's trying to get rid of Toy Story 3! Are you... Wait, are you talking to Jamie?
2: Yes. Uh, So, actually, why don't you just take back over?
0: Uh, Okay, let me just get my headphones back. One sec. Sorry, Jamie. I know you you hate me being off mic. One sec. Back on mic. Oh, Oh my God, you're alive. What? What the hell? Alyssa tried to kill you off and, and
1: and supplant your place on the show. She did what? She said you have been killed by a bear and cilantro or coriander or some shit. Roll the theme music, Jamie, I'm so mad. Welcome to our brand new show. It's not that complicated, so listen close. We'll go through IMDB. Reviewing all of Tom Hanks' movies. Hank spank, Hank spank. Hanks Bank Hanks Bank Hanks Bank Hanks Bank Hanks Bank hello and welcome to Hanks Bank the show where we chronologically review Tom Hanks's entire MDB I'm Jamie Loxon and thank God with me once more is my dear co-host Alexander Gillespie say hello
0: Al Hi hi Jamie I think I'm l- living with a murderer um I'm very <laughs> worried you know, I never thought Alyssa might kill me before, but apparently she has some really strong feelings about you. Got mail that need to be, you know, sorted oh. out. So, uh, if I do go missing, uh, you know who first to tell the police they should not, worry not, about
1: not not to pull off the mask tip. But are we carrying on that bit?
0: Are we are we is, is is this canon now? I think I I, I I am the bit, and the bit is me, Jamie. Uh, I, <laughs> and and of course
1: we could tell that was such a real, uh, truly. Um, uh, difficult situation for me as I laughed halfway through. And Alyssa definitely <laughs> didn't sound like she was reading off a script she's never read before in her life.
0: No, no that is true. And uh, also, she, wait, she
1: says it cilantro. I didn't call her up on it because, you know, I wouldn't want to you know interrupt her while she was going through such
0: a harrowing experience. But she says Chalantro? One sec, let me... Liz, is it pronounced Cilantro? Or chill it, ch- ch- chill out. Yeah,
2: I know. I did it both ways. I've been thinking about it ever since we stopped.
1: Oh, well, that is the punishment she gets for her heinous crimes of I, trying to off you I, on this podcast.
0: Yeah, I just really like that that was like a character choice she made, <laughs> and she decided like halfway through that that was not the character choice she wanted to go with. Um, uh, so, you know, how
1: was your your camping trip? That now that oh, you did not get murdered on it,
0: it was a good time. It was a good. It rained horrifically the entire time. I <laughs> just want to happen. <laughs> so we were mainly under a tarp, and the tarp kept collecting water and it got slowly and slowly close to your head. So you kind of were sitting on a park bench, and a tarp was kind of pressing your head down onto the bench. And uh, but other than that, it was really good. You know, didn't see any bears, uh, but great. But you know, got some nice photos, uh, which is always nice. That's all I really care about.
1: I, I went uh, to uh, Greenwich Park today, which is one of the royal parks here in London. Um, and as as lockdown has started to be eased, uh, me and Alan decided we needed to go somewhere that wasn't, you know, within 500 meters of my house. Uh, so we went on on an adventure, went to um, uh, Greenwich Park, and this does have uh, a point. That this was not a complete non sequitur. Uh, I'd seen on Google Maps that there was a deer park in Greenwich park and i thought the only deers in london were in Is richmond there? park very famously uh, but apparently yeah. there was a deer park in uh, greenwich park so we went we walked all the way around the park we went down to the to the river and we planned we would finish off by coming past the the deer park and we got there and it was fucking closed, Alexander, and it was so oh. depressing. <laughs> I come oh. through all of that, really excited to see some fucking deer, uh, and, and it was closed uh, to the public. Uh, the Queen so, cannot let the, the public anywhere near her precious deer in times uh, like
0: this. In normal times, are you able to go see the deer or not?
1: Yes, in normal times, there are uh, like observation
0: okay. points. So then my second question is, Richmond Park, which is, uh, if you uh, are any of our international listeners and don't know, Richmond Park is uh, famous in London for kind of being the deer park. It's where the Queen's deer comes from, I believe. When the yes. Queen wants to eat deer, she gets it from Richmond I, Park. I believe it is also uh,
1: where the very famous viral video of the man shouting after yeah. his dog going, Fenton! Fenton! Jesus Christ, Fenton! Fenton was indeed uh, chasing one uh, the deer in Richmond Park.
0: Yeah. Um how do they keep the deer in Greenwich Park? Cuz I believe Park's it I believe it's like city, an,
1: right? an it yeah and so Green, Greenwich Park's uh, right next to Blackheath right near like where Cutty is and stuff like that near uh the Greenwich Meridian obviously and the Greenwich Observatory. Um but uh, I believe it's in like an enclosed area. It's a relatively large enclosed area it's a fucking big park but like in the corner there's a a cordoned off area and the people aren't sure. allowed in the area where the deer are but you're allowed mm. to go and there are like observation points where you can have a look and i believe it's uh 16 of one kind of deer and 13 of another kind of
0: deer i didn't know there oh, were different kinds of deer but you saw zero deer
1: but i saw zero deer i did see a squirrel with a nut in its mouth so you know oh dear. swings and roundabouts really <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mm-hmm. well, that's, uh, that's what we've been up to uh, this week, Alexander. But, of course, we've also been watching a Tom Hanks film, as we do every week. Uh, why are we watching Tom Hanks films? Well... Let me tell you, Alexander, and our dear listeners. Uh, I'll blast through this because I can't bother to do the whole thing. But basically, sir, so, you know, around 2018, uh, some aliens invaded. We were bouncing on a, a trampoline in Regent's, not Regent's Park, Regent's Street. Uh, Al doesn't believe either of those exist. Uh, we were bouncing up and then we got caught we in a truck beam aliens. Piccadilly we were near Piccadilly Circus of course Um, and the aliens were like hey what's up they were speaking a language called Swagheely Alexander speaks Swagheely since birth I I Mm -hmm. had to implant a translation chip into my brain and they basically explained that they were from the United States of space and a planet called Flomatron 8 was leaving the United States of place through a process called Flexit their uh, leader Trayvon Tramon uh, who goes by the position of bitch boy no small boy bitch boy apologies I wouldn't want to take the uh, the small boy away from his um, such uh, venerated title Uh, the small boy bitch boy Trevor Tramon, um announced this by flexing his guns and saying, we out, bitches. Uh, I believe they also voted by all getting in a circle and then saying bounce all in unison. Uh, that is how referenda mm. are held on the planet of Flomatron 8. So that process of flex it has been ongoing for a little while. Obviously, uh, I, as I mentioned every single time, it's still it's still not happened yet. It's sort of, uh, you know, bundling towards it. It seems I, I think I think. I, I, I got a, I believe a few weeks ago, I relayed that we'd got a transmission from the aliens that there is some sort of uh, space virus going around in space mm, that course. is uh, making the process of flexing even more difficult and even more uh, potentially risky. Um, but of course, uh, meanwhile, uh, Alexander was... Um, Laying waste, going full Anakin Skywalker and all of the baby uh, Yodas of this species uh, who I brought back to life using my magical powers, which I have, of course. We all know this. Uh, and then basically we were like, yeah, cool. We got all that. Uh, save save the world, whatever. We're going to prove our worth to you. Um, we're going to do that by presenting you the works of our greatest human, who's our greatest human, Tom Hanks. But... Most of his films kind of suck. Maybe the films we're discussing today might kind of suck. Uh, so we're going through all of his films chronologically and deciding which ones, uh, and TV shows, of course, go in the Hank's Bank, the collections of TV shows and movies we're going to show to the aliens to prove our worth to join the United States of Space. Just as we were about to yeet ourselves out of that um, uh, out of that uh, spaceship, uh, they did quickly go, oh, by the way, uh, if you don't do it, we will blow you the fuck up. Like, if you don't prove your worth, then you are literally worthless to us, uh, and we will blow you to smithereens. Um, I don't think we've mentioned this uh, uh, we then did, like, sick backflips
2: off the back yeah, of, of the it. spaceship.
1: They gave us, they gave us um, what we assumed and hoped were parachutes. Uh, we were fortunately correct. Um, and we did quick backflips off the back. Um, I like, just like, see
0: you guys. I love the idea that we're on the edge of this platform, like, looking at the aliens, and we say some quip. We don't know the quip yet. We'll find out the quip later. Yeah, in uh, yeah.
1: The, qu- the quips, you know, might just need a little bit longer for me to uh, remember it. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and then we were just like,
0: out yeah yeah just um, backflipped off uh we will yeah we will get back to you when we remember what that quip was every week this sounds more and more uh like the craziest uh pathfinder homebrew Uh, and i'm here (laughs) for it i'm here for it um
1: so of course dear listeners that's why uh we're doing it you know there are some pretty high stakes here this is pretty important work we're doing uh but Despite that, we do spend uh, around about 45 minutes pissing about and not talking about the film, uh, by which I mean we give you some historical and film context. Each mm. week, we take it in turns to tell you a little bit about what was going on in the world when this film came out and a little bit about the film itself. Yeah. The w- film we are uh, reviewing this week, if you've somehow managed to not look at... you Play this blindly without ever looking at your phone and seeing that the title of it is uh, Larry Crown, uh, we are reviewing 2011's Larry Crown.
0: You of course... Say- Yep. Do you say that they shouldn't, you know, they all, all if you listen to it blindly? Jamie, I want all of our listeners uh, to listen to podcasts blindly. Uh, just every episode, every episode, blindly listen to it. Blindly download it, all yeah, right? Absolutely. Don't, don't 100%. Don't look at it. Don't, download. don't look at it. Don't look at it. Don't check to
1: see whether it's a film that's interesting or worth you're no. listening to. Just download it. Uh, so, yes, of course, we are reviewing uh, 2011's Larry Crown. Now, there are two films that come out in 2011 this and Extremely Close and. Oh, God. Extremely noisy. Extremely loud and incredibly close. I yeah, something like that. It's um, uh, uh, so, how much uh, do you know about the film Dreamy? Absolutely nothing. I know there's a kid on the poster uh, and he's got his hands oh, over man. his ears, and I know it's oh. 129 minutes long. Oh. And I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I am
0: looking forward to this fantastic
1: uh so yes of course when we have two things coming out in the same year we split the year down the middle so i'm going to give you what happened in tw- the first half of 2011 and boy howdy don't we all remember 2011 the year of wills and kate getting married with two billion people watching the year of bin laden getting killed and the year of the vat being increased to 20 percent. such a monumentous year for so many different reasons <laughs> Of course, we also have the King's Speech winning uh, best picture at the Oscars. This was famously the Oscars hosted by um, James Franco and Anne Hathaway when James Franco uh, was arguably one of the worst uh, award show hosts
0: of all time. I um, feel very yep. bad for Anne Hathaway who was trying a little heart out. Not that she's little, but you know what I mean. Like she was <laughs> trying, and yeah. James Franco was v- seemingly just very high and shit. I, I like I don't know. Like
1: what's what's great about that is that he apparently had like. It, he's got this um, image of being a sonar because he's been in a bunch of Seth Rogen films. Apparently, he's never done drugs in his life, and I don't know whether that's true or not. But if he's not high during that performance at the Oscars, that's even worse. Like that's that's way worse than if he was just high and shit. If he was just shit, oh my god. Um, yeah, what else happened in 2011? You might ask Alexander in the first half. The, well, so, the news the of the social world. network came out. Oh, the social network.
0: No, 2010. I the, it, no, that's 2010. It should have won at the Oscars. Sorry, it should have won at the Oscars, but
1: um, yes, it comes out in 2010. Uh, King's Speech actually does come out in 2010, only a month before
0: um, uh, the Oscars, uh, as many Oscar bait films do. Fun fact: um, The King's Speech is a 15 rated movie because it says fuck quite a lot, and they were really pissed <laughs> about it because they were like, it, it, "Like this is a historical fact, and like yeah. it, you know, we wanted it to be a 12, and they were like, nah, you say fuck too much.'"
1: Um. Also in 2011, the News of the World phone hacking scandal, uh, of course, happens. Uh, And here's something else bonkers that I learned. Uh, The UK's last circus elephant retired in 2011, which means up until April of 2011, there was still circus elephants in the UK, which feels like something from the 50s. Uh, So that's not fun.
0: No, that's bad. And Animal cruelty is wrong. Do you remember News of the World going under? Because I remember that being a big thing. Like...
1: I was very politically unengaged when I was 18. Fair enough. Fair
0: enough. You were 18 in 2011?
1: I was 18. I left school in this year. I went to, I went to, I've got, I've got Lever's 2011 hoodie, my guy.
0: (laughs) I say that as though I didn't graduate two years later. (laughs) Yeah, fucking nothing. Um, (laughs) I was like, whoa, that seems really old. But no, that's not much older than me, 16. Uh,
1: Speaking of, uh, Animals, with uh, UK's Last Circus Elephant. The phrase tiger blood entered the lexicon in 2011 with Charlie Sheen going absolutely insane, having a bit of a breakdown and coining phrases such as tiger blood and winning. Uh, Now, if you told me that Charlie Sheen uh, had his breakdown. Adele released Rolling in the Deep. F- Rebecca Black released Friday and Anthony Weiner got his dick out all within four months of each other. I would have told you you were fucking lying. But yeah, all of those things happened within four months of each other. Um, my-, my favorite of which being, of course, Anthony Weiner getting his Weiner out.
0: I like oh, oh. true, truly
1: one of the greatest political
0: stories of all time. But that is a good political story. Uh, to the extent that I, I wrote a, a third of a play about it. Um, but uh, oh yes, yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see uh, it, but I remember point. it. No, but you know, the, conceptually it happened. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, what was the first thing you said? <laughs> uh,
1: what was the first thing I said? I said uh, yeah. the Tiger Blood. Then Adele releases oh, in The blood. Deep.
0: I I still think about. Sorry, uh, apologies. I still think about. The fact that like Charlie Sheen did that, went on a breakdown, clearly went on a breakdown, then started hosting a. He got like a Broadway show, like a couple weeks after this, called He's Violent. Um, I think it's my Violent Bullet of Truth tour. Um, and like apparently it was just the most hit and miss thing, and this guy would just go out and just like sometimes be like, fascinating to watch and sometimes just be absolute garbage. And wasn't it within
1: like a year that he got that show Anger Management? Like, he literally Uh, profited off his own
0: like, mental breakdown. Well, he specifically also got fired from Two and a Half Men. He got fired from Two and and a Half Men and
1: and then within a year was on another show I think.
0: Yeah, Anger Management was a weird one where the kind of case was they wanted to get to syndication as quickly as possible. I think they recorded like 100 episodes really quickly and then those like that's that's the entire show so if you don't know like the the aim with a lot of network tv shows is like if you get it to syndication which is if you get it to 100 episodes um you can start selling it to uh like basically i think yeah reruns secondary networks all that kind of stuff and you make a lot more money off that whereas if you just have like a two season show and you have like 40 episodes uh people don't really want to buy that for reruns
1: yeah um But that's all I've got from uh, 2011. So uh, before we get on to uh, you giving us uh, a little bit of fun facts about the film Larry Crown, of course, we normally give just a short uh, plot summary, quite an easy one to give a a plot summary for this one. Uh, Tom Hanks is playing uh, the titular um, Larry Crown. Some people tell me I should use eponymous. I tell them to fuck off titular is a much more fun word um uh who is a man who uh, who loses his job uh, and is about to lose his house so he goes back he loses his job because he doesn't have a college degree so he goes back to uh, community college um where he meets a speech speech not speech writing speech delivery professor. what would you call speech she's delivery basic, professor. So She's basically
0: an english she's your english teacher from when you attend but at university like yeah. she's giving you a debate class basically yeah,
1: uh, played by Julia Roberts, and he also meets a ragtag bunch of young pals uh, who help him make over his life. Uh, it is ostensibly a rom-com, uh, and that is probably all you need. Alexander, fire away with some facts.
0: You know, sometimes I feel like you get all the good films to talk about, and then I, I, it comes down to me, and I'm like, oh, I'll find some facts about Larry Crown. There are no facts about Larry Crown. Uh, I'll give you what there are. Uh, well, you could, one, you
1: could tell us, you know, who's in it. Maybe okay, who, who wrote, no, no, directed, no, no. and no, no, starred no, in no, it. No. Okay, okay.
0: <laughs> Julia Roberts wrote, directed, and starred in Larry Crown. Fine, yeah, it's really impressive. Um, okay, no, okay. no but, you don't, you don't get to basic, make that joke no? look, because just, people don't know who actually I, wrote directed this. I, I will get to that. That's the last bit of this. I framed this in an interesting way, okay? Uh, look, Larry Crown, obviously... Weirdly, it was okay. It was uh, you know to, to 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 clear it off. It was written, starred, in, and directed by Tom Hanks. Uh, it was co-written with Tom Hanks uh, by Nia Vardalos, who also wrote uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yep. Uh, um, by Big Fat Greek Wedding too. Both of which were uh, produced by uh, Playtone, which is Tom Hanks' uh, production company. Yeah, uh, we've mentioned that a few company. times
1: at this point. He's he's. Sure. Yeah, I think he's produced a few things we've looked at.
0: Yep, uh and it's kind of the, the second film Tom Hanks directed after of course that thing you do um which you know is a time. It has a good cast. It, like and I actually think the cast is a insane. surprisingly good cast um for for this level of film, but well, obviously Tom well, Hanks Well, not surprising made,
1: oh. because Tom Hanks produced, directed and cast and Sur- and wrote.
0: Surprising surprising for how much money it cost and how much money it made. Yes. Um because obviously, obviously starring Tom Hanks and Julia Roberts, they're on the poster. You've seen Tom Hanks is like a metropolitan guy in a scooter. Julia Roberts has that look that her life is disappearing before her eyes and she needs to cling on to Tom Hanks. Because why not? Uh, it also has Randall Park, mm-hmm. Brian Cranston, Rami Malek, uh, Gugu... Uh, I'm trying to look up the exact spelling of her surname because every time I try and pronounce this is wrong. Gugu uh, Mbatha-Raw, uh, who's a British actress who's in a couple of other things uh it also stars um that one guy who's in every cedric the entertainer and yep. the guy who's in every show rob Riggle.
1: yes rob Riggle's in shitloads. uh did you mention um george takei as well
0: george takei's in it for the second yep. appearance in the Tom Hanks film and you know as many years a little bit more what wait what was he in last time the great buck howard oh yes
1: of course so oh, yeah, yeah yeah the cameo he makes i, I mean uh julia roberts also appearing uh, reappearing Charlie after Wilson's Charlie Wilson's War. Um, so he's clearly calling in some favors here, Tom Hanks.
0: Well, yeah, and then of course, you know, it goes out and it does poorly. The the, the, the studio is not happy with how it does. Uh, it costs $35 million to make, which is where I was saying, like, I'm surprised at the cast it has in that, like, it's not insanely expensive. This is very much like a, one of those classic mid budget films which don't get made anymore. Uh, but do get made, but don't get made very much. Uh, it made $70 million back, but it only made $35 million gross in the US. Uh, and by the sounds of it, they went, like, everywhere trying to promote it. They were on Oprah a couple times. Uh, Tom Hanks did his first, like, full nationwide press tour since Saving Private Ryan, which I find really interesting. Like, uh, between those two, he didn't really go on, like, national press tours. Oh, really? Um, I think they might have gotten him to go on, like, the big things, but he didn't, like, go to every... Basically they kinda of had them like go to kinda of like five different states and talk to like local national uh, local press over kind of national stuff. Uh and yeah, it does disappointingly. Uh the, the film is slightly based off the I could find this in one place but couldn't find any more about the story. But allegedly it's based off one of Tom Hanks' friends who had to who had a midlife career change. Uh, I think he was called I don't know if he was called Larry, but again <laughs> this is this is the level of facts there are about this film it is sure it's, it is purely uh, what the film made and like who's in it uh outside of that it didn't review particularly well it did like it's it's pretty mixed to negative reviews like some people thought like oh it's like it's honest. like
1: 39% on rotten tomatoes it's not it's not great
0: it's, but, and then it had, like... Um, I think the only other fact is that on, on its opening weekend, I think something like 70% of all people who watched it were over 50. Um, <laughs> that is a great
1: stat. Oh, that's the last um, stat. Uh, I just wanted to note this, just because I looked it up, um, because Bryan Cranston was obviously in this, and I was thinking, did this crossover with Breaking Bad? Which it did. This is right in the middle of Breaking Bad, uh, which is interesting because he has hair in this, so notable that he has to grow back his hair and shave off his head. But... In the year 2011, in the middle of Breaking Bad, in the year 2011 alone, Bryan Cranston appears in The Lincoln Lawyer, Detachment, Drive, Leave, Larry Crown, and Contagion. He appeared in six films this year, on top of being a star, a a leading uh, man on a fucking TV show.
0: When did Breaking Bad start, though? Uh,
1: Breaking Bad was 2008 through to uh, 2013. Um, So, yeah, this is
0: around season three, season four. Yeah, no, that that is, nuts. It's bonkers. How time, did the man have enough time? I mean, if you think uh, so, A, I don't really understand the full production schedule of like TV shows, um, but but Breaking Bad season tended to be like twelve episodes. Yeah, yeah. My guess is that that probably takes about like six months of the year. Yeah, and then then he's
1: in six six movies outside of that. But
0: he's not he's not filming those movies in two thousand eleven, right? He's filming those movies in anywhere from two thousand eight to and know, to two. Okay, yes, I get get it. Right, so
1: either way, the the man was insanely busy over this time because it's not just twenty eleven. Like he's in a lot of films in twenty ten and twenty twelve as well.
0: That's true. He is also. At least in this, not in much of it. So my guess no, is that he it, probably yeah. They're, maybe they're all like...
1: relatively small parts. He's not a leading a leading role in any of no. these. But um, I just found that really bonkers.
0: <laughs> it's the sweet oh, Trumbo action, right? You want a man that's... in a bathtub? Go to watch Trumbo. You want a man on a suit? So watching it, Larry Crown.
1: <laughs> Let's get on to Larry Crown. Um, As we know, I love rom coms. I was so excited to rom-com watch rom-coms. this and and boy did it deliver. So, Alexander, right, how film, do we always start sure. these reviews?
0: This, this this film begins uh as all good films should uh with Tom Hanks down on his luck uh working at a Kmart. Uh, but he's loving life, all right? He doesn't know uh, he's depressed I don't yet, think it's a Kmart. He's I life.
1: believe it's called, like, u or something like okay. that. It is not an official at- Kmart. Do not slander them with your with your denigrative words.
0: He's working at a Kmart, and I did not say he's living his best u uh, Sorry, I did it again. Oh. It's almost like it's meant to be He's not
1: necessarily living his best life, but he is someone who is thriving oh, in this. He's happy. He's having a good time in that like there are some people who just enjoy that kind of work and he seems like he enjoys it and is good at it so all power to him Um, he's having a chat with Randall Park and Randall Park's like hey do you know what time of the month it is and he's like employee of the month time about to win my ninth in a row Uh, spoiler alert he does not win his ninth row he goes in uh, and a bunch of stuffy old white men go you're getting
0: fired for reasons that are slightly confusing so so two things one when you said Randall Park was like do you know what time of the month it is Uh, i assumed he was like we're all getting our period (laughs) yeah all of you mark just syncs up (laughs) yeah um (laughs) they look at their watches and they're like shit let's go um no yeah stop the old white guy rob
1: wriggle uh yeah try and explain
0: this to me because i think it makes no sense no it doesn't make sense the basic thing to think of is just like they just want to fire him and i think they're just looking for any excuse the excuse they give is that um, at UMart, Kmart, they want to provide equal opportunities to everyone. Um, and Tom Hanks is is like a full-time employee. He's not hourly staff. That's mentioned beforehand. He's like a full-time employee of the, the chain. And normally for people who be full-time employees, at a certain point, the only place to go is to corporate. Right? He's, done, he's been there long enough. He's done enough stuff. He knows the shop. He goes to corporate. However, because he doesn't have a degree... He is a class four employee, which means he would never be recommended for promotion. Yes, and they they can
1: only it. yeah they can only work for corporate if they've got a college degree. Rob Riggle uh, and his mate, who clearly are like terrible dickheads, are just like yo, didn't you know this? We're big dum-dums, but we got promoted before you. Um, and they're like, yeah, I went you Yukon. Let's yeah. go, bro. Um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, it it's um, I, I sort of get the idea of oh we can't promote you because you don't have a college degree. I sort of understand that, but that's not a reason to fire someone. And then their idea of so, like, oh, it's because of equality.
0: I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I, I think the, the... So internally in their heads, and I don't think this is where well, a written well written bit so I can uh, realise where you're confused by it. I think it's meant to be, he's, he is holding a place which someone else who could get promoted to corporate could use as a stepping stone and as such, he's clogging up the pipeline. Um, I don't... That makes no sense. I think the real thing would be, and which is kind of unspoken, is that, like, these chains hate having full-time employees rather than hourly employees because they'd have to give them a pension, and if they stay there a certain amount of time, they would owe them a pension. As such, they would fire you before you were there too long so they don't have to... Give you any benefits which might be. You, useful
1: to you, you are giving uh, this movie, which uh, I will already say, and you have already mentioned, which is not very well written, uh, far too much credit with its subtext. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> there is not that much
0: subtext to this. Jamie, it was just a badly written scene. Sure, you got to think of this as the the beginning of Community, all right? Uh, Tom <laughs> Hanks in this is Jeff Winger, all right? Yeah, uh, except pretty he, much he needs to you know climb that corporate ladder, but you know he doesn't have a law degree. He doesn't have any degree, in fact. Uh, and as such, he needs to uh, get a degree and go meet a bunch of misfits uh, and live yeah. that community life so he can go Pretty back in of course, Um Also, law Keely, law. we learn
1: that the reason he doesn't have a degree is because he went straight into the Navy out of uh, high school and he went, was in the Navy for 20 years, uh, albeit as a chef. Um, so he, uh, there's a few scenes of him trying to like, uh, sell stuff and like get his, uh, stuff to, in order. He goes and meets Rita Wilson, uh, who plays the bank manager. And she's just like, yeah, so, um, you can't really sell your house cause the, it's something about like the mortgage is now worth more than the value. Like you're in debt more than the value of the house because yeah. the housing market has plunged. The v- value of the house is now lower than the amount of money you owe. So you're not able to sell it or some shit like that i don't know sure i I I, I I i i'm not saying that this part is badly written i'm saying i don't know anything about economics i
0: i think there are two things in this one and this is important for the film you got to know that it's like it's basically set in like 2009 2010 it like the recession is happening people are losing their jobs yeah two this is deliberately confusing and larry crown will come back and get have some words with her later on yes uh, in the film so we'll touch that later on but yes, yes at uh, this point and then
1: yeah, he, he basically can't... He, he needs to get money somehow. So he starts to uh, put stuff out on his lawn. And she, yeah, she says, like, oh, let's talk liquidizing your assets. Um, so he starts to sell stuff on his lawn. And his neighbor, Cedric the Entertainer, is not happy with this because he sells stuff on his lawn every single fucking day, it seems. Um, and he gets very angry. Apparently his career is that he sells shit on his lawn. We learn that he actually... He won $500,000 on a... On a TV show, and it's apparently living off that alone in a very affluent neighborhood. And I'm like, this, fuck off. um Anyway, I, don't, um, him I, I and-
0: don't know. It's a very affluent neighborhood. I think it's, it's a very bougie, lower It's neighborhood. Yeah, not, ve- not very affluent, but like, he's in a nice house. Um, no, no, it's and- a nice house, but again, like, he's in a nice house, but Tom Hanks is. Tom Hanks managed to live there after 20 years on a cook salary. And then also, like, another, like, 15, 10 years, whatever, working as a shopper at Kmart. Yeah. So it's the nicest house he could possibly get. Or, like, I don't know, he's a boomer. <laughs> Boomers <laughs> just fail up, okay? <laughs> um.
1: So, yeah, Cedric the Enstainer and uh, Taraji P. Henson, his wife, um, are introduced, and they seem quite nice um and uh cedric the entertainer says you got to go to community college just get get a degree and you'll be fine so he goes to community college he meets the dean there the dean says here's three classes you for no fucking reason he takes an interest in tom hanks one bloke and he's like hey i was in the navy as well can you tell you don't look at all like you were in the navy you never exhibit any any characteristics of a man who spent 20 years in the military but who cares i can recognize (laughs) Uh, um and he's like you got to go do speech econ and some other fucking class. He'd say, he does recommend another one, but I it, we never really liked it. Speech it. and econ are the main two ones. And he's like, Jamie, cool. You say,
0: you say that he, uh, he exhibits no... Uh Characteristics of a uh, man who's been in the military, but as we find out in a second, he kind of seems like a cop. Uh, so this is really important. He sold his car because he's liquidating his assets. He needs a way to get around. He goes to Cedric and the and he goes, "Ooh, I like this scooter, and it's like a Vespa. How much of the Vespa they bargain for it? He buys himself a scooter. On his first day at school, he shoes up, and who is there but Gugu? And Gugu is like, "Man, I love your scooter. I too, I'm a fellow scooter aficionado. Are you a cop? <laughs> and Larry Crown's like I'm not a cop and she's like you're tugging in your shirt to your uh, pants you, you fucking like
1: dweeb <laughs> yeah. um I think at some point we have at this point met Julia Roberts just by, you know, you know, the the classic way that um, any man who respects women uh, would uh, introduce a female character in a film uh, by showing their ankles before their face Uh, and she steps out of a car Um, but, you know, no, it's actually really, it's really important because, you know, one of her shoes, she's taking her shoes out and then she knocks one of them over and then later in the film she gets them out and she doesn't knock one of them over so it's actually symbolic of her getting her life together. (sighs) (laughs) so yeah we meet julia roberts she's uh, she's a professor at the school uh she is clearly not very happy um in her job she's chatting with uh one of her uh one of the english teachers there and she's just like yeah i'm gonna go take my class but um you know if 10 people don't turn up uh, then i don't have to take the class sweet lucky me she gets there there are nine people there uh, including the uh, aforementioned rami malik who is fantastic oh, in this film man. um uh, and um what? yeah and, and and she just turns up and's like, oh there's only nine of you here. Get the fuck sure. out.
0: Can can I just stop for a second? Rami Malek, right? I don't get it. Can you I've tried to watch some of Mr. Robot. Is he a good actor? Is he a good actor? I think Does he
1: act well? I think he is one of those actors that is able to create very there's a specificity to his acting that I like. That looks very like he's created a ver- a character who has very specific traits. The way in which he like moves and the way in which he talks. It's less so in this, but even in this like small role, he's created a character that has really specific um, like physicality and really specific sure. like m- mannerisms and gestures that make him seem like a real person. And even Mister Robot, where it's like. He takes that to an extreme where he seems almost he gets that specificity to a point where he seems almost disconcerting. He's very good at sure. you like turning that specificity on its head um, well, and making it like worrying.
0: I find that. And also,
1: also Alexander, you forget he has weird eyes. <laughs> that is Doesn't... a that is well, a key thing for good actors yeah. who play play weird characters. Have some creepy fucking eyes, my
0: guy. You'll be good. <laughs> That's the thing which um like. He reminds me most of any actor of John Malkovich, but so for me, to some extent, everything feels kind of like. And I know, I know that's a, like that's just like actors being human beings, and you recognise them between the two of them. But like his characters for me often feel quite similar, where like yeah. this doesn't feel that different from his Freddie Mercury.
1: Uh, I haven't seen um, Rocket Man. To be fair, don't uh, not. Man, uh, uh, um, uh, we will rock you. We will no. rock you. No, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> there we go music um yeah you, anyway man? we meet uh rami malek and the rest of his uh cast mate yeah so that she's got nine in there uh, and she gets get the fuck out um uh, and then uh tom hanks gets in and it's like there's the speech 101 and then she's like oh fine uh so hello i am miss tino it's not tainat it's not Tano. it's tino um and uh, we learn that She's boring and a bit of a bit of a <laughs> stiff. Um <laughs> That won't change until the last 10 minutes of the film. Um, we learn that uh, Rami Malek's character is the coolest guy ever. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why. His name's DiBiase. He's an Egyptian guy. He's been cast as Italian for no fucking reason. Uh, but uh, yeah, Rami Malek's character is just dope. I love him. He's the he's genuinely one of the only things I like about this film. Um, he's on his phone. He's like talking back to the teacher. He's the cool guy in class. Um, then Tom Hanks goes to... Um, uh econ where he is being taught by george Decay. uh he also meets um uh what's her name the younger the younger girl who he met in the car park uh who i've forgotten the name of
0: Gugu, I, well, she's not called Gugu in this but I'm gonna yes that's the actress's name,
1: name. The actress. um yeah um she's uh she's an econ as well as is one of the other people from uh, the speech class, uh, and sure. oh, oh, and that Miss Julia Roberts says that she's going to teach people to care. And that's what she's going to do in her speech uh, two hundred one fucking class. Teach yeah, people yeah, to care. Just, what just, does that mean? Doesn't fucking matter, dear listeners, because it's never explained again. <sighs> I fucking yeah, despise it, Julia Roberts' character in this. Um, so
0: so they go to Econ Econ's told by George Takei George Takei George Takei's given like a good performance as like a professor who thinks he's funny but really really isn't funny Um, but also very dry it's a a weird weird time Gugu's like do you want to join a gang and Larry Crown's like yep this is why I joined college so I could join a life of crime (laughs) Um, and he shows up and of course it's a scooter gang uh, which we all know uh, that's where the coolest guys hang out with uh, they have to do a weird, like... It's like a clapping thing or a singing thing? Yeah, uh, yeah it, it's clicking. It's clicking. It's clicking. I, and what it's really like annoyed Story. me about...
1: Yes, like West Side Story. And what really annoyed me about this is the joke was they're all clicking and they get him to click in and it's like, oh, what's going to happen? And then they just go, ah, we were fucking with you. But the joke has no payoff because they didn't have any build up of tension. They're just all clicking for a little bit and then they go, ah, fucking with you. They don't have any like, like build up of tent, like zooming in on the faces and oh God, what are they yeah. going to do? Ah! ah, we were just fucking with you. It's just, it's a completely away joke. I hate it. Um, Around this time, we also meet uh, Brian Cranston. Uh, Julia Roberts goes home uh, and Brian Cranston is a former cranston. former yeah poor Brian cranston poor thank Brian you that cranston. you agree with me um he is a former professor, professor come writer come uh, blogger now um and and Julia Roberts uh, is uh, blending up the uh, world's largest cocktail after her stressful day of not caring about her <laughs> yeah. job and not caring about the, uh, students she's teaching. Like-
0: I don't know what time it's meant to be, but it can't be later than three, okay? No. Like it's she's at an eight AM class. Maybe she has she has one other class that day, and I I'm pretty sure it's eight, three in the afternoon, and she's yeah. like, It's Mama's margarita time.
1: Yeah, and, and Brian Cranston is just like, Hey, yeah, I was doing a little bit of blog you know, I, I got a couple of things up on, on these websites and she was like, You were watching porn. And he's like, Ha <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, fine. I was like, whatever. No, but he was, but he, yeah
0: he wasn't. He was looking at photos of bikini models. That yes, he was.
1: He was looking thing. at soft core porn at best. Yes. Um, and he's just like, I, w- I was a man being a man while you weren't here, like fucking Sue me. And genuinely, <laughs> I like at this point we are supposed to be feeling sympathy for Julia Roberts's character because she's in a marriage sure. where her husband
0: masturbates. <laughs> it's no, like then this then is the crime might, that's uh, supposed
1: to make us hate Brian Graham instant
0: yeah. but then the, it, this is where like, again sometimes the script gets into like confusing specificity where she's like i'm not mad that you're watching porn i'm mad that you didn't tell me about it i, I think and it's like it gets weird like that And you're like okay sure and then she's just down <laughs> in this margarita and brian cranston of course is living his best life clean eating hashtag Yolo and uh, uh, you know just just Julie Roberts is yeah, in the corner being bitter
1: yeah. just oh, drinking she, oh, she's the, and she's the worst <laughs> she's absolutely the worst um, also we like through uh, this we learned that yeah. like her way of teaching is basically just fucking like just a minute from the Radio 4 program she just, just gets the... people up and they have to talk <laughs> for two minutes about a fucking topic without hesitating yeah. that's fucking it um, and Tom Hanks has to he, he introduces French toast and he does it really boringly and then Rami Malek comes up and he says Ooh. oh this is how you make strudel waffles. And he's the coolest guy. I love Rami Malek. <laughs> um, I, they go, I, I, them and like the Scooter Gang go off on of an adventure. Um, uh, at this point,
0: and, at this point of, sorry, uh, at this point, you know, naturally, uh, Gugu and Larry, and Gugu is renamed Larry, All right, Larry isn't a cool enough name. He's Lawrence Corona. No, uh, Lance uh, Corona. Lance um, Corona. Yeah, thank sorry, you very right. much. Lance, Lance Corona uh because you know with lance corona your larry crown is uh your dad's best friend from the war uh Lawrence corona fucks uh <laughs> lance so it it's begins, lance i
1: said lance because lance. lance lance whatever you want to say but don't just say a different fucking name um yeah she's giving him a cooler name and then they go off to uh, a diner uh, and then and then he's like, "Hey, do you want to come to a fucking yard sale?" And they're all like, yeah, scooter gang, oh, yeah, yeah. scooter gang rolls up on the yard sale. Scoot- let's go." Um, so they uh, start scooter gang um, rules. Yes, they they start uh, having chats with um, Cedric the Entertainer, and then uh, she uh, sneaks into uh, Lance Corona's house uh, and is like, "This is all fucking ugly. We're going to give you a haircut and give you a Feng Shui makeover in yeah. your house." He comes out, has his hair changed, maybe marginally. Does it suit him? No. Lawrence
0: Corona. Oh, it it suits him better than what he had before. Oh, I disagree. uh, I think it looks real. He goes in. He goes in as Larry Crown, and he comes out as Lawrence Corona. Um... I hate you. uh, Oh, we should also
1: say at this point that we have been introduced to um, Gugu's boyfriend, who happens to be played by uh, the actor who plays Fez from uh, that '70s show. Um, It is at this point when they're at the house. Does it? Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's, uh, Fez from Fez from that '70s show. I'm I'm almost one hundred percent. Yeah, he looks he's a lot older. He's got like a jacked. beard and stuff. Um, yeah, and he, cause he's got jacked. Uh, I also really hope I'm not wrong about that because I did not check, but I was fairly certain of it. Um, At uh, this, this point, cause... he has please look it up because I'm worried now. Um, but uh, he has a conversation with uh, Lance Croner. He's like, hey, I see you, my guy. Uh, everyone falls in love with my girlfriend, but uh, stay the fuck away. And then we're going to shake hands and we're going to leave. Uh, they have a few of these weird, intense conversations. It never really has any payoff. Anyway, um, Tom Hanks is driving along uh, on his scooter oh, yeah. He's go- that,
0: that like just doesn't to an extent which really annoys me the whole thing about like everyone being like Larry and that girl seem like they want to fuck but they don't want to fuck They're just buds and like the boyfriend being like I'm going to beat you up goes literally literally nowhere, nowhere. it. Nowhere. it th- there's like one last scene of it where like Larry checks out her ass <laughs> uh, you're fully embodying Lawrence Corona, and uh, the guy does nothing about it, and like they're their friends at the end. I'm like, this makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, he is so a Mary Crown. What? It is fair. It is the guy who plays first.
1: Oh, thank fuck. Um, so uh, we then get, he's off to school um, and he's driving along and he, he's on his scooter and he sees Julia Roberts in her car. She's singing along. She's having a great time. He's like, oh, look at her being whimsical and fun outside of the boring old stiff I see in class. Knocks on her window. and's like, hey, how's it going? And she's like, oh, I was singing to drown out the sound of the sat nav. And then uh, Lance Corona, because he's cool now, knows how to flirt. He's like, I'll fix your sat nav yeah. for you. He leans over her, uh, goes, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, entrance cancel, what we change auto. Voice bump. See, it's easy. I used to fix this all the time when I worked for Umard. Are your panties wet yet, Julia Roberts? Um it's, and it's, then they get- it is that it.
0: how you flirt, Jamie? Is, is that how uh, oh, you first flirting?
1: Absolutely. Um uh, he gets into class and we see the um only piece of actual teaching uh, that Julia Roberts does in the entire film, and it's speak to the right yeah. of the room, then speak to the center, and then speak to the left. Give me thousands of dollars as a teacher, please um also, and he goes back
0: this this is another sorry yeah just before we leave there is at this point another bit of weird like plot line that never gets fulfilled which is the dean of admission the dean sorry that's the co- bad community impression but the dean <laughs> the dean it sits in on these classes sometimes but yes. never says anything and will never say anything he's just there sometimes
1: yeah he just i think he just has taken an interest in tom hanks for some reason um uh so yeah shit. He, yep uh he goes to his econ class we get the now running joke that uh, he uses his phone in class and george takei takes it away like he's a naughty teenager um it was around oh, this
0: point no, no no jamie jamie he's texting and this is maybe the worst representation of texting in all films ever uh as people know often when you have texting you have the little bubble pops up uh this is a little pink bubble pops up which is fine It doesn't really look like a text bubble, but sure, it's the year 2011. The iPhone is not really as big a thing yet. I don't think he's using an iPhone anyway. Uh, And the text is Comic Sans.
1: (laughs) I did not notice that.
0: Oh, I did. I was mad.
1: Um... So yeah, uh, George K takes his phone off him, uh, but he was texting with uh, Gugu and he was like, she was like, hey, are we going to go and try on some clothes later. So they drive and she's for some reason got a fucking garage full of clothes uh, and she's like, get fucking naked, Tom Hanks. And he's like, OK. Uh, and then, oh, what? The boyfriend arrives just as he's got his pants down um and then he gives him a look and once again this will never get paid off um he goes back to frank's restaurant he's talking with the owner about how like ah, oh, hey um i uh, i struggle i'm struggling i need money uh, and he's like hey you can just you can work for me in the kitchen if you want you still know how to work a kitchen and he's like yeah sure and he's like well you you go speak to uh, raul and you know he's a he's a good boss he's tough but fair and then he works in the fucking kitchen and he's absolutely fine because of course he fucking is because he works in the navy as a fucking cook for 20 years and then he walks out of his first shift and goes ah oh, he was tough but fair um and it's not good um he's then late for his uh speech class uh and not even just late, he completely misses it. Uh, and Julie Roberts gets very upset and angry. Um, and he uh, does make it in time for his econ class. She runs into him in the street uh, uh, and is like, what the fuck? Oh, so you turned off for his class? Oh, I bet you were off fucking this little young girl, weren't you?
0: Oh, it it's was crazy. Because she, like, stalked them as well. Like, there was yeah. a weird scene earlier yeah, she, where yeah, she, like... Yeah, she stalks them. They're getting ice cream and she stalks him, And he's like, well, I see what's happening here. He just wants to... He just want, came to college To get some young women who have daddy issues. And I'm just like, dude, it's okay that your wife, your husband watches porn. It happens. (laughs) You need to accept that. He's not watching anything weird. It's not illegal. So, you know, maybe just take this as a win, all right? Uh, yeah, yep. so she's really horrible to Tom Hanks and like, uh, yeah, for no fucking like, oh. he,
1: he, she gives him, um, that they once again have like the only thing we ever see them fucking do in this class is get given a topic and they have to talk about it for two minutes. That's the entirety of what they do in this fucking class. It's an improv exercise, it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, he, she gives him like some terrible, um, uh, suggestion and he struggles with it and then she's dour and bitter as she always is. Um, <laughs> Uh, he's at work Uh, Gugu gives him some new glasses that's it Um, and then we cut to Julia Roberts Julia Roberts is on uh, a date night with uh, Brian Cranston oh this Uh, bit's great this bit is uh, is good
0: they're not really getting on they kind of don't like each other anymore that's all fine Um, they're in the car and they're kind of arguing about the porn again I can't remember remember what sets them off he has some uh, cheesecake as well he's taking some cheesecake home and she's like Uh he he, oh Christ. She kinda says, Oh you know you watching porn blah 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 and he's like look I know why you're mad just just drop it and she's like no why am I mad? He's like you're mad because you've got small tits and I like big tits. Uh, Yeah, which is like it's like
1: the worst. Like this is the only time that Brian Grantson does something like actually kind of bad, and even then, no, it's just like that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. It, no, it is. Bad. It is absolutely pretty bad. If I but went like, to my
0: girlfriend and was like, "Your tits are too small or too big,"
1: no, you... I f- yes, I fully agree. It's a bad thing. But as as Ellen said, like this is just something you that a man problems. who is. <laughs> We, uh, sorry, I have just witnessed um, Alex. Uh, clearly, Alyssa only hearing one side of this conversation. <laughs> yeah oh jesus um oh, so um yeah no uh, as alan said it's just like he was just really angry and he said something shitty because his wife's <laughs> fucking annoying <laughs> and boring um
0: th- this is like the worst written version of uh the marriage story arguments the kind of the yes scene marriage yes story yeah, absolutely the- you
1: have small boobs <laughs> just fucking <laughs> <you. laughs> fucking ben solo just screaming that at julia roberts um,
0: <laughs> i wish you were dead you have small boobs is uh <laughs> that um, be that bit great anyway um, they, yeah
1: so they get in this argument she stomps out uh it's raining um tom hanks happens to be driving by and he picks her up uh, and he's like come on get get on um he's been hanging with his scooter crew because you know you know how everyone every 50 year old man just hangs out and drives around with his mid-20s scooter crew at 10 o'clock at night um and he's like hey i'm I'm just gonna uh, help her out he picks her up hops her on the back as they're driving back they see brian cranston getting picked up for a dui um and she she finds that hilarious uh he gets her home uh and then she kisses him ah
0: julia oh no no. No, the scene is worse she spends the entire time (laughs) being a dick to him yeah and you're like sure and then she goes in she's she's really drunk and then she kind of you know puts in the code And then she's like, uh, do you want to kiss me? To Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks looks worried. And she's like, because, you know, if you wanted to kiss me, I'm half in the bag and my husband's going to be away for two to five years. And at this point you think, well, Larry Crown is, you know, Lawrence Crown, uh, Lance Carolla (laughs) is a good guy. He's, you know, and he looks at this and he's going to think she's pathetic. All right. And that's going to be the arc of this film is this woman realizing she's kind of like (laughs) an alcoholic who's a bit pathetic and needs to get her shit together. And instead they make out. Yeah, they make out and they make out.
1: And you know what's the worst, most annoying part of this? He is wearing a leather jacket and it makes very uncomfortable noises while they go squeaky, squeaky, squeaky. And then... Um, uh yeah he, and then we she goes to the door, he she no goes to the door and, and he he celebrates he fucking celebrates we've had we've had no no build-up of like him liking her as a person and you know why we've got no build-up of him liking her as a person because he's an odious fucking human being there's no reason to like her why is he celebrating this anyway um brian cranston gets back uh, home and uh, she's put all his stuff out on the lawn um and then she's in class next day she is hungover, has her sunglasses on um and pulls uh, old, old Lazzy C up at the end of the class uh, and just like, so um, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, of course, it would uh, get me in a lot of trouble. Um, and he's like, oh, okay, that's sad um but at this point he has taken one semester of econ uh so of course he knows everything he needs to do in order to sort out his finances even though econ and finance are different things uh, and he's yep. only taken one semester but he goes back to the bank uh, and he's like i'm gonna do what's called a forced disclosure or no uh, forced something but he basically stops he's paying basically going ba- he- he's, basically he's going, going
0: bankrupt. bankrupt he just he, he, he just, he just, he just says like money. i'm not
1: gonna, i'm not even though i can pay i'm not gonna pay because in the long run i've learned from my one semester of econ 101 well, this is what I want to going to do uh, and then uh, Richard Wilson's like no you can't do that and he's like yes I can because I got a new haircut um, he and Cedric the Entertainer have a conversation I can't remember what it is and um, and uh julia roberts sets them all their last um their last assignment uh, i believe oh, for God's sake. um uh fucking he, Rami so malik d- gets gets disraeli uh, set as yeah. his um and he's like what's disraeli and she goes you mean who's disraeli and he went he's a disraeli and it's so, like most of this film's jokes are really bad, but I still laughed at them
0: because they're fucking dumb as shit. Um, the, um, the, the and, uh, Larry crown of course gets given, uh, well, he reads his geography show and it's actually George Bernard Shaw. But yeah, uh, it's been
1: set up earlier that she's got terrible handwriting. Uh, and also she's a drunk, um, uh, so she yeah he reads it as sorry. Geography Show so he's like I'll do it I'll do it on
0: Geography Show so not George i because it this has like three drinks to do the entire film and you're like she's a drunk wait I'm I'm the one that's made this
1: characterization. I'm the one Alexander you were the first one to bring up when she was drinking fuck you I just was like she's making a big cocktail and you were like no I want to f- laser in on this it's like 3pm how am I the one being unfair you started this you fuck um,
0: just, you're right. You're right.
1: Just, yeah. um, <laughs> anyway, um, so he gets his last assignment. Um, he also uh, has his last econ class or some shit. Um, and mm-hmm. George Decay is great and happy. Um, uh, Gugu is talking to the head of uh, English about how she's going to drop what? out of school. What? Um, yeah, yeah. and start a thrift store with all of her stuff and Julie Roberts overhears this and she's like oh I bet you're gonna go off and fuck Larry Crown and she was like what no like we're just mates
0: how <laughs> like... inappropriate is that yeah just it's accusing uh, no, no, a student no, but again it's and the character in this is like so written by people who haven't been 20 for many years but like Julie Roberts goes oh you're gonna go fuck Larry Crown aren't you and she goes who Lance, That's 50, Lance yeah, that 50 year old man <laughs> yeah Um, I think he was born in the 1950s I was like oh Jesus Christ
1: yeah Uh, so he uh, Lance uh, notices that uh, Gugu is not in class so he goes uh, to meet her and she's like yeah I dropped out of uh, school Um, hey look at my butt um, that's that's the entirety of this scene. Does he ask her why you're dropping out of school? No, he does not. Yeah. Uh, but he does look at her butt because she's got a new um, got a new tattoo uh, that she says is like Japanese for for hope and prosperity or some shit like that. Uh, and because apparently Lance Corona can fucking <laughs> fucking read Chinese, goes oh, actually that's not Japanese, it's Chinese, and it means uh, soy sauce. No, there's no fucking reason in the world why this man speaks uh, speaks Mandarin or Cantonese, whichever one it may be. Because, uh,
0: because <laughs> I I assume it's because I think it's mentioned that he go obviously in the navy, he's traveling around the world, and I, he probably went to Japan or China. I, like, I agree, it, it makes no sense for Lance Corolla to be this way, but uh, yeah, it, it, that's the, it, oh God, it, it's so weird. It's also like I think this is a community college. Can't you just do your credits over a longer period of time? Like, why don't yeah. you just try and like t- finish doing this degree part time, not full time? I understand you got getting your job; that's obviously fair enough. But like, do finish your degree. You don't you don't have to drop out entirely. Shame on you. Shame on yeah. you, Gugu. Um, shame, but you know. And uh,
1: Tom Hanks moves all his shit out of his house. He has a quick goodbye with Cedric the Entertainer and Tracy Uh and then we get so. Dear listeners, we are 10 minutes from the end of this rom-com. And you may notice that Julia Roberts is still an odious human being. And therefore, if they hooked up now, it would be unsatisfying. So what do they do? Have
0: a minute and a half fucking montage of her getting her life together. That's true.
2: What what did I miss? You also missed,
0: while Cedric the Entertainer is there, um, this is like a weird scene. Um, Rob Riggle uh, Yeah, Rob Riggle turns up. He's delivering pizza. And clearly has fallen on hard times, has lost his job, and it's, you know, he's employed. I mean, to be fair, credit to him. And uh, Larry Crown, Lawrence Lance, whatever his name is meant to be now, um, just goes up and just seemingly doesn't tip or like threatens to not tip. He's like, here's 20 bucks. Uh, I'll have 18 back yeah because uh, times are times are tough times are tough can't be can't be uh tipping you now you're delivering pizzas
1: yeah Cruel. Uh, and so yeah we get that that literally minute and a half uh, fucking montage. montage where she like the the friend from the, who's the uh, teacher of English comes by her house and is like I'm gonna help you and like makes her dinner and Hoovers her apartment and apparently now Julia Roberts is a nice person oh,
0: um, you also no no you also forgot she uh, went to make herself a margarita but then stopped all right proving once <laughs> Pro- and all proving all that once and all she has kicked
1: alcohol because yes. she has stopped she didn't have she chose not to have one drink Um, so she comes in the next day and suddenly she's all happy and now she's a good teacher and she seems like she cares because she like fucking does tongue twisters with them Ooh, isn't she the best Uh, and then we get it's final day Um, the the head teacher sits in again again does not say anything Um, they all give their final speeches Um, Rami Malek gives a fantastic final speech on uh, Benjamin Disraeli because he's the fucking dopest character in this film um and then uh, uh Tom Hanks steps up oh uh, him and um the, as they walk into class him and Julia Roberts have a little conversation where she's clearly happier that's all the fucking maths. um and yeah uh he she goes up and goes and of course now we have um uh Leslie C and he's doing George Bernard Shaw and he goes I think you'll find it's Geography Show um and now we get what this entire film has been building up to. He has taken one semester of Speech 101 and you know what he is able to do? Tell an anecdote. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He talks yeah. about his time when he was... Uh, traveling in the Navy and how it became to do with geography show and then he finishes it by saying a quote from George Bernard Shaw about the benefits of going and, and getting an education and I'm being fully serious when like this is the like the supposed to be the big crown crowning uh, crowning achievement see what I did there see what, see what I fucking did there that was funnier than anything in this fucking film um, uh, is that he gives this speech and it's literally the most boring fucking it's just him giving an anecdote and we haven't I will, get, I will get further into this because there's so much about this film I fucking hate. But, like, we haven't had anything throughout the film that suggests that this man is not, like, a sociable person. He's a sociable person throughout the whole fucking film. Of course he can tell a fucking anecdote. Like, it's not like he gives some some rousing, inspirational speech that... And he's never had any issues with fucking public speaking or confidence. Like, it's not a decent resolution
0: of his fucking character. Well, it's, oh, it it's, fucking infuriated me. It's... After that, they kind of part ways. Uh, the rest of the class next semester of course end up um, taking her Shakespeare class, which is sweet. Uh, they meet up again at a uh, oh Christ, like at the diner where kind of Larry like flirts with her. Um, yeah and, and she, she says, to- oh, you were a great student or something like that yeah she oh and i'm not an easy a now this is despite the fact that larry slept his way to the top all right (laughs) he's like i'm not an easy a but also we made out so like how how much is this worthwhile she gives him an a plus um yeah also there's this moment of like tension where she's sitting in front of a computer screen and it cuts on the computer screen to her and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and literally it's she's already written an a
1: yeah the tension
0: is whether or not she gives him an a plus that's it like that is is not tension there is no tension there
1: um, yeah. So he, uh, does, he doesn't take her Shakespeare class and everyone is like, Oh no, where's Lazy C? He said that this class, that speech 101 changed his life. Um, and she goes back to her office and finds, um, a note that says like French toast question mark. It was set up earlier that he claims to know how to make a professional grade French toast because, you know, he was in the Navy, uh, and learned it. Um, uh, and you know, she—that's
0: that's, that's where I think they have the best French toast in the world. Is of course the U.S. Navy.
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, uh, she turns up uh, for some reason. Gugu and her boyfriend are there, uh, and she's like, "Hey, I bet you're here to see Lance Corona. And she's like, "Yeah, maybe I am." Um, and then they meet up outside the door. Uh, they kiss, and he's like, "Let's go have French toast." And that's the end of the fucking movie.
0: Jesus Christ! Yeah. Let's let's talk about this film maybe.
1: I fucking hate this film i like i just talking through it now i hate it even more like you know i don't like rom-coms at the best of times
0: but there's, sure. there's, like, i like some there coms. There, there are some things you don't you didn't you you relatively like sleepers in seattle you don't really hate I, yeah. um but it, this is this is not a um, this is not a great rom-com anyway so like i think what you like what you like more than anything is you like yourself a drama comedy and if yeah. there's romance in there, you should call it a drama comedy over being a dark rom com. I would probably call it a dark rom com.
1: Yeah, that's so something
0: fine. like, like... Um, the big sick you like, but you see it as a drama comedy, and I see it as a rom com with stakes. Yeah, um, and something like a Nora Ephron is like a little bit like this. In that, like Nora Ephron's worlds tend to be without like they they have stakes, but they're they're fairly like uh, they're not this world. They're another world. They're not going for realism at all. And what you like is realism. Yeah. This is like a and have you ever watched My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Uh, I have not. It's an interesting watch. And, like, I've seen both, God, My Big Gr- Greek Wedding and, more tragically, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. And My Big Fat Greek Wedding was, like, one of the most successful comedy films of all time. It like In, sh- in terms of sheer profit, it did insane numbers. It was a true sleeper hit. It did really well. And it was based on uh, Nia like one-woman play, right? And it works because it is so specific to her family life story, sort of, no, not her family life story, but like, it the reason it made a butt ton of money is because everyone in America feels like they're an immigrant, whether or not they are. So even if you're like an 18th level, like Italian uh, American immigrant, like Italian American, you your family feels like that. As long as you're not a wasp, like if you are a, of any kind of, if you're a white person of any kind of ethnicity, you feel that like my big fat Greek wedding applies to you. And there are, that, that film has some, good jokes i don't love it to love it but like it's it's kind of funny and it sort of works in parts my big fat Greek wedding 2 does not work on any level and this reminds me depressingly more of my big my big fat greek wedding 2 than of my big fat greek wedding it's just like at least in the first one there are like i don't know there are no stakes and there is no and, and there are no there's no No. growth.
1: No. Like, like, as I say, like, Larry Crown's character does not fucking change. Like, we we learn that, like, his big crowning thing is he gives this fucking speech. But we have never given any implication that, like, public giving, like, a a charming, relatable story is something that he struggles with. Nor is it something that will help him get further in life.
0: There is no implication that either of those things, like, are useful or true or helpful for him. Well, it's... And it's, it's not even that I think that movies need to have, like, inherently always need to have growth, right? Something like Indiana Jones, I think the character, like, there are things you could just, you could argue are, like, character growth. Like, he gets faith, like, or he he witnesses God, right? But, like, we know from the, uh, the next few Indiana Jones films that he's constantly, like, oh, these things aren't actually magical, despite the fact that he's seen the bloody Ark of the Covenant, right? So, like, Indiana Jones does, doesn't grow much over that film. And yet it's interesting... Because the plot is interesting, there's action, yeah. there are things happening, and those things are interesting. Nothing interesting happens in this, and there are bits no, where, absolutely like... absolutely fucking nothing. There are bits where it could have been, that could have been the case, you know, The and there are kind of setups for jokes that I don't know if they're just, like, a couple drafts or, like, drafts by other people away from being... Like a really wacky funny comedy. Like yeah, things the, like the, the, the only the times I la- Yeah, the
1: like the, the cling scene, the like game, I said, like. there's no build up. Like the, the the release of the tension is the is the punchline and it doesn't work. There are multiple times where I laughed at this film, but it was exclusively at how flat the jokes were falling. Like I was laughing yeah. at the film because the jokes were just falling so flat. And then I was also laughing at Rami Malik because he's the fucking
0: best. Yeah. Um and then, and then with the stakes it The film feels at times like it what it wants to be is a, maybe even a mid-budget, but like a Woody Allen movie or like a, a, a like, dark, like a drama. Like a drama with some comedy. It, it never feels like it wants to be a romance. No. But like, it feels like but, it wants but, to be a the... smarter movie than it is. And it's just so fluffy that it, like anything where like if you took this story like a man works at a uh, a supermarket and gets fired realizes he needs to get a degree works in the army gets a degree that i'm sure there is like a like some art house movie out there with that exact plot which could do this thing quite well and interesting and, and tell the story once but this is so fluffy that it has no weight in anything it does and
1: my, my my biggest issue, I, I fully agree with all that. And my biggest issue is with is with Julia Roberts' character. Her character fucking sucks. And what annoys me most is like it's a it's a romance movie. Like even if even if the main name like. The end of the film is them two making out. Therefore, that has to feel satisfying. For that to feel satisfying, I have to want for them to get together. For me to want for them to get together, she has to not be yeah. a horrible... Pe- she's just a horrible person throughout 95% of the film. And then some woman comes over, hoovers her fucking floor, and she's suddenly supposed to be a nice person. And what infuriates me most is that mm. how easy it would have been to make her a like a likable character you just make her arc that like she is a really good passionate teacher who actually has just been like had a lot of the passion squashed out of her by like the school industry and like and like by underfunding and by kids not caring about her class that is such an easy small tweak but it's not that it's that she doesn't fucking care she's given up she's irrationally angry at her husband because he looks at women in bikinis and and there's just no redeeming characteristics about her at all. Everything that's presented uh, about her is really horrible. And, and the way I described it to Ellen is that when you get to the end of this film, Larry Crown is at the like the end of the third act of his emotional arc. It feels like it took the whole movie for Julia Roberts to get to the end of the first act of hers. Like if she'd sure. got to the point of like the Hoover and she's you know going nowhere in her life and she needs to turn stuff around at the end of act one, and then you see the rest of the movie, her changing, and then you get this fostering growth of a relationship between her and Tom Hanks, then you've got something interesting. But it's just all rushed right at the end because they're like, oh
0: fuck, Julia Roberts is still a bitch. Um make her put down one drink. they will be okay so, right so even then right like i i don't feel like that um that larry crown is at the end of his third act well right, because it, it, i don't it not much i don't feel happens, like he's yeah. bit sure but like i like i, I know like narratively sure like because he doesn't ch- like it's not like at the and it sounds dumb right like for me like so, there's a kind of two weird like not even schools but like some people are like formulas are bad and some people are like well formulas are inherent in everything right and like especially in film storytelling you can have a formulaic story which is uh you know you can guess the beats before it's going to happen but that doesn't mean that you don't find the beats interesting or funny or no. like whatever because right? like the acting the is good or, good or the
1: cinematography is yeah, good or the music is good like there's so many other things that can still be engaging about a film
0: yeah no d- definitely something like um you've got man i think is a good example of a uh, decent rom-com Where it's pretty formulaic, like it's pretty, you know, these two don't like each other, but they're gonna get together and they're gonna hook up, blah blah. blah. And part of that's because it's it's a slight retelling of another film. But in this, how it just being that at the beginning, like Larry is divorced, which and like because the parts of the story are there, like Larry's divorced, Larry was in the navy, (laughs) Larry's Larry's divorced and has children. Like it's not mentioned until like seventy (laughs) five percent of the way through the fucking film. And Larry feels like left behind by the modern world. They're like Larry served in the army and now he feels left behind because his kids left him as behind, his wife has left him behind. He was a good dad. He was a decent husband. And he just feels like he's a curmudgeon. Like he's less cheery than he is at the beginning. Yeah. Or or even just like in losing his job, he spends a bit of time at like he spends five minutes of the movie as a curmudgeon, right? Like they cut to it for like three months, Larry's living on unemployment and being grumpy. Yeah, and he goes to college, and then he he enters the mono. That's sort of the plot, but it's also not like yeah, because he never nice really guy, hits you know that bottom. To- he never
1: like yeah. he stays at like I say because he, we've never seen him struggle with any of the things he supposedly uh, excels at. At the end, it's it's even, it's even stupid. when even when he
0: gets fired. The saddest he gets is he drives slowly and there are some cars behind <laughs> him who are like you're driving slowly, and that's <laughs> the saddest this guy gets. And if you compare that to something like I, I don't know, it's like comparing like I don't know what, what I think is like a masterpiece of rom com to like just relatively near the not in the bottom of the barrel but like just like uh, like and bin stuff. Like in Sleepless in Seattle, it works because. We know this guy can love. We know this guy's depressed. We know he loves this kid. There's all this stuff set up. It's a rom-com in which they only meet literally in the last minute of the film. And yet it works because it invests in its characters as real people. Yeah. And and even in and even in rom-coms where they don't invest in its characters as real people, in something like Legally Blonde, which I I like as a I think is more of a comedy than it is a rom-com, it still works because The characters that go on their own journeys and their romantic journeys are part of that. And there is no journey here other than he goes to college and some stuff happens. And it's. And like, that makes it feel like an art house movie with no art. Yeah. Just a house movie.
1: So let's let's get on doing our numbers, people who have not listened to our podcast before. We rate these films on three things. We rate the film out of five. Uh, we rate the Tom Hanks' performance out of five. And then we uh, give the Tom Hanks dick meter. How much of a dick was Tom Hanks' character in this film? And then we decide whether it goes in the Hanks bank. Uh, so just to give my my final thoughts on this, obviously I've said uh, everything I want to say. Uh, my, my big summation uh, of this is that my guy, Tom Hanks, people have stopped saying no to you like that's what this film is he has overreached he is i'm sorry tom hanks not a good writer this is not a well written film i don't know how much of the heavy uh, heavy lifting of the writing he did compared to to his co-writer but it's not a very well written film it's a pretty boringly directed film People have stopped saying no to Tom Hanks because he's become too powerful and people need to rein him in. This film is not good. I did not like it. So few plot lines have resolutions like 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 we talked about, like so much of like the 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 plot line with with um, Gugu's boyfriend, like just gets left at the wayside. It's all just it's it's aimless. It's not good. the The framing is terrible, and Julia the the payoff is awful because Julia Roberts' character is odious for ninety five percent of this film. I give this film a one. I really did not like this film.
0: Ooh, okay. I I
1: having said that, wait, there was this... one. Wait, there was one. Sure. There's one positive I would like to say about this film, uh, which is something I noticed, and I guess I guess they should get credit for. Uh, Tom Hanks is a person who has starred in extremely white films uh throughout the entirety of his career uh and this is a very diverse cast uh so i i guess they should maybe get some credit for that well, but I, I, I thought it was worth noting that yeah he's, he's mostly starred alongside white people for like the entirety of his career and then this so, is a, a particularly diverse cast
0: yeah i and, and also to give them credit it's that like i do especially in like in a movie in which he's, I will, I will only give him credit because he's directing it. Like, yeah, and like as a director, he's made a like a, a more diverse movie than a lot of the movies he's been in. Good, I, I guess. Good, I guess. Good, the but minimum. then we're
1: gonna shit on that's, him when he plays like, an Asian man yeah, in class. Like, three, three That's the time.
0: bare minimum of doing good. So like,
1: yeah, yeah. That's why I was like, <laughs> I guess, I guess. Congratulations
0: yeah, like, on that one. Yeah, sure write the best movie for these people yes um <laughs> i i think there are two things for me about this film one of which is i don't i don't hate it as much as you because i i because like i said it is so fluffy that i think it is like i find it very inoffensive like it is it is aggressively inoffensive i can't yeah. say it's a good film but like it's there is nothing in it really where, where like it can make me feel strongly one way or another you know if if someone told me this was a
1: I will accept that it's it's I I will accept that the fact that I if if you'd asked me immediately after watching it yesterday I would not have given it one the fact that I've had to talk about it for an hour has absolutely
0: plummeted its value in my mind and I and I think that's you know that that is a, a testament to the, the bad aspects of the the movie, right? Like I thought you were going to say the bad aspects of this podcast. <laughs> no, 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 This podcast has been found to uh, increase people's life expectancy. Jamie, I mean, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Um, but the other thing is, like, very specifically, this is the this this film is the point at which Tom Hanks's star power is pretty much shown as being diminished. This is the this is the beginning of a new stage of Tom Hanks's uh, career, a new era, where beforehand and I was reading there's a variety article about this because I was reading it beforehand, doing my research, where it talks about how like it's a thirty five million dollar movie, either Tom Hanks or Julia Roberts should be able to hold up a thirty five million dollar movie by themselves.
1: Oh yeah, easily.
0: Julia Roberts and Tom Hanks in the lead roles in this kind of movie. Julia Roberts in Charlie Wilson's War and he has kind of a side role, like. They should. This should have been a fi- more of a financial exp- success. Uh, even with this kind of audience... Uh, we see later with films like... The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel... You know that... Um, this audience will spend money on these kind of movies right? So the fact that like... It barely makes its money back in the US box office... Is a sign that like... As as much as you're right... like I think Tom Hanks gets to do this because he's Tom Hanks... I also think this is a sign and the indicator that from here on out Tom Hanks films start making a bit less money in places that, you know, they, they start being less of a big draw and he, and therefore he starts I don't know, moving towards some interesting projects because of that I think, but it's definitely the end of Blockbuster Hanks. If Blockbuster Hanks starts with, like, Saving prior Ryan it ends with Toy Story, it ends here or it ends with Toy Story 3 really and I think this is the beginning of Old Man Hanks. <laughs>
1: so what do you give it
0: two two
1: yeah that's fair um tom hanks's performance um i'm i'm actually going to be more harsh on it than i think necessarily he deserves because he's actually pretty fine in general but the thing that really annoyed me is that this man is supposed to have lived but worked and been in the navy for 20 years and there is no literally no evidence of that in in the character building here tom hanks has written that as a detail as a writer and then as an actor he has completely ignored it and it's it's like you're you're this you're, it's only like i say it's just included there as a as a script as a fact point and the the character does not live that truth and it's fu- it like it just really annoys me it's just lazy like he he doesn't walk like someone who had to like walk regimentedly and, and someone who has had to live under strict orders for 20 years. I know he was only a chef, but it would affect how a person would be. And there is, there is no evidence of that uh, in his character. So I, I think that's just a little bit lazy on his part. I think he's potentially, you know, had parts of his uh, time like pulled away, being the director, being the writer, being uh, all sorts of parts. And so, you know he hasn't had as much time to fully build a rounded character around Larry Crown Larry Crown is just Hey Look. Tom Hanks is a nice, likable guy. Uh, so I'm gonna give. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna bump. I had him at a two. I'm gonna bump it up to a two point five because I feel
0: mean. But yeah, I'm gonna give him I, a two point five. It, my biggest criticism of his performance in this is as a director. Like, I think that that thing you do is a more enjoyable. Uh, yeah, it's more enjoyable. Yeah, no, for I, the absolutely more i like um that film is just fun like it's not great but it's fun no it's it's fun whereas this is like fluff like he can make a movie where like like i said like i have you can leave afterwards and you'll be like no strong opinions and maybe if you think about it for an hour then you'll be like i don't like that but it's it's inoffensive but when we know you can make a better movie um this is a shame uh but that said i'll He's Tom Hanks, he's giving a very base level Tom Hanks performance. I having watched the Lady Killers, like and and existing in a world in which I really disliked that performance, I can't I, I'll give him a three. Like it's fine, it's 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 inoffensive. It's it's like going to see the Stones, right? Like you go to see the Stones and you want to hear them play um Painter Black. Um that's the Stones, right? Yeah. Like you want to see I, them do I the greatest no hits. Clue. And he's and he's doing the greatest hits here.
1: Yeah. yeah um and the tom hanks dick meter we haven't mentioned it for a while but way back on like the third episode uh alexander uh hypothesized that tom hanks plays characters who are inherently dicks uh and that uh slowly that would wane away uh towards the end of his career as he starts to play like the the dad like figures um so we have been uh numerically tracking that um La- larry Cown's cool lazzy c he's he's a nice guy there's he, he helps out uh, his his professor when uh when she's drunken on the side of the road and and trying to get a bus home he's he's a nice guy however he's a bit of a dick to a 20 year old girl who just got a tattoo on her, but her on her butt by telling her by the way that permanent decision you just made uh does not mean what you think it means he could have just let her continue to believe uh that it meant peace and prosperity or whatever the fuck uh, but no he's like hey fuck you you just made a life-changing mistake uh so i'm gonna give him a two for that
0: Here's my thing, Jamie. Uh, You're a fool and you're buying into Larry Crown propaganda, all right? Let's (laughs) analyse the dumbass decisions he makes. One, you're right, he drives Julia Roberts home, but clearly with the intention of sex, right? That's what he wants (laughs) No, no, he wants to get laid. She kisses him him and then he pushes her back into the flat and is like, no, you go away, drunk lady. Well, that's because he regains himself. But in a moment, he's lost in the passion. He makes <laughs> out with that drunk lady. She literally goes, I'm half in the bag. If you want to kiss me, now is the time to do it. Which is a weird thing to say. And if someone is drunk enough to say that, don't kiss them. That, like, it's not dodgy. Like, I know she consented to it, but, like, it's still just don't do it. Like, it's yeah. not a smart move. Yeah, and not. then later the next day, when she's like, uh, Yeah, I could lose my job if yeah, this gets us out. So don't go telling your hussy friend. <laughs> he's all sad about it and you know what Larry Crow needs to grow up alright he's a man child he's living in this cave he's hanging around he's, he joins a gang Jamie he joins a <laughs> gang are we meant to think gangs are okay is that what you're saying is crime okay Jamie I know we defunded the police but is crime okay now like I don't know what I don't know he's a three after <laughs>
1: right, all that man. you're
0: giving him one more than me <laughs> yeah
1: Oh, Jesus. Uh, And is this going in your hanks bank? No. No, of course it fucking isn't. So, uh, when things don't go in our hanks bank, of course, we must um, choose something else to present to the aliens, to prove our worth to them, to save our souls for one more week. So, Alexander, (laughs) as you look around the room for inspiration, clearly,
0: (laughs) what are you going to present to the aliens this week? Uh, So, look, what the aliens need is not Larry Crowner two-hour movie which is a waste of their time what they need is a hundred hour game uh about uh loneliness uh nature the the face of advancing modernity uh what they need is red Dead redemption 2 my friend uh (laughs) i've been playing it's been a sad time uh i currently don't have a tv i well i have a tv but no one i can really play on all the time i don't have a console i'm waiting for the new consoles to come out so i've been playing on stadia because my internet is finally good and therefore I can play on it, which is a good time. And I'd played it once before and I had like played 70 hours of it and it was fun but very, uh, uh like it was almost in like a weird, like quasi manic state. Like I played it over a Christmas where Lisa was away in uh, Canada and I kind of came back early from Christmas to London by myself. It was the, the same time we were, we did the a classic new year's party where we predicted the entire next year pretty accurately uh, if i say so myself and i was just playing a lot of red dead redemption 2 and it was sort of like in a weird state and i'm play- replaying this time and i'm playing it for the first time i've played any open world game like this but really slow i'm just taking in the world i'm doing all the hunting i'm doing all the side quests i'm just enjoying the world i'm a i am I am normally a main quest line player right like i like doing the main line story i am a story guy and this time around i just like being in this world i like the stupid little details i like finding clans members and being able to shoot up clans members okay that's what i like doing is i like killing racists in video games uh so i i think the uh aliens would like red dead redemption 2 uh for for that reason
1: okay so i'm um, i'm gonna present the aliens uh, McDonald's chicken nuggets. Uh, me and Ellen drove 20 minutes out of our way on the way back from Greenwich Park to go through a McDonald's drive through because they were open now and I have McDonald's chicken nuggets for the first time in many months uh, and Aww. it made me very happy. I do recognize that this is the second time in about three weeks that I have presented some form of fried chicken to these aliens. <laughs> they might be getting a little bit bored. Um, but I think I think them chicky chicky nug nugs uh, are going to are going to delight them. And they're especially going to delight all the little baby Yodas. Uh, so we're all going to gather, get a uh, big party pack of uh, McDonald's chicken nuggets uh, and we're going gonna
0: to hang like, out like, <laughs> like the, time at the Trump White House yes the like L- that L- time L- at the Trump
1: <laughs> White House exactly thank you for that uh, oh so flattering comparison so that is us for this week uh, of course you can uh, follow us at Twitter at Hanks bank Pod follow us on ha- uh, Facebook at Hanks Bank uh, follow us on Instagram at Hanks underscore Bank uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts tell your friends just You know, if we, if we, if you're still listening to us after all these many moons, uh, then yeah, just tell a mate, bring, bring some joy to their world. Uh, What can, else can they do, Alexander, now that lockdown's Uh, being slowly uh, phased out?
0: Of course, of course, you can take your friends' phones and download every episode. That's the important thing. You can also just like write at us and uh, obviously we're getting towards the end of uh, Tom Hanks' filmography Uh, and tell us who you want us, who you, which who you want us to look at next, all right? Yes. If you want us to look at Nick Cage, tell us Nick Cage. If you want us to look at Samuel L. Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson. If you're a Viola Davis fan and you want to go in for the Viola Violence uh, edition of Hanks Bank, then <laughs> um, uh, you can write that in too.
1: Yes. Um, also, uh, for anyone, uh, because I have had people ask, no, we're not going to do fucking Colin Hanks. Fuck off. <laughs> His IMDb sucks. Um, <laughs> of course, there are a few key, key criteria. Uh, firstly, of course, they have to have a relatively large filmography. Ideally, they have to have been working for long enough that some of their films suck and it's really fun to make fun of them. Um, and, of course, ideally, their name has to lend itself to some sort of pun. Yeah. Uh, that last one is the most key part and it has made it very difficult. Uh, and, and you know, you're right. Oh, you yeah. have to scrap people off the list. who would be great because you can't come up with... Yeah. Um, with a new one. Uh, and, of course, we are not going to do uh, Alyssa Avenue either. We're not going to no. do, do Alyssa Milano. Avenue. Will we do uh, The Cage? Or will
0: we do Street The Cage? Street, Maybe. Will or... we do
1: Streep Street? Will we do, <laughs> will we do Will's Films? Of course, that's Will Smith. We probably won't do that one because it's, pretty, it's not that clear. that like If you just call him Will. Um, uh, will we do the Jim Carrey quandary? I don't know. Maybe. I, I, I really like keep calm tell. and carry on I'm sure that exists it, really. I, I really like the idea of doing Jim Carrey don't tell Alexander I'm going to try and trick him into here's, doing Jim Carrey here's what
0: I think we should do and it just quietly is my pitch is that we should do a brief like interlude series where in between the next big ones where we just take like the Godzilla films and we just watch all the Godzilla films <laughs> I don't know why, but I think it's because we need to throw Godzilla's Godzilla at the thrillers. aliens. Let's Godzilla go. will save us from the aliens. It will turn out that Hanks, Tom Hanks won't save us if we need Godzilla to save oh, us. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, but not not that we're suggesting that maybe uh, when we present all of the Tom Hanks films to the aliens, they're suddenly going to happen to turn around and say that they need the podcast to carry on going. Yeah. <laughs> so before we give away too many more secrets of this podcast, uh, from me, Jamie, and am my co-host Al, that's one more ep in the bank.
0: Well, well, well. If it isn't Lawrence Corona. <laughs> yes!
1: Oh, th- those clicks are never going to be in time. That's going to be horrible to edit.
2: <laughs> Hank's
1: back.